This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Good afternoon and indeed welcome to the afternoon here on 3RRR FM. Big, big thanks to the scientists. God, you guys are good. Uh, thank you for keeping us entertained. Uh, we're taking the baton now. We've moved from the brain to the gut, shall we say, and uh, we're here to talk about food. I'm actually talking about food uh, in Northcote today. I'm at the Melbourne Tomato Festival. I've gone out and I've foraged around and I've found some very interesting dishes for us to partake in today. Starting off, Michael Kayafa from the Melbourne, well, the Queen Victoria Market, Council hopeful, I suppose we could say. He's had his plans dashed, but uh, he's not quite out yet. Still fighting for a seat on the uh, the Melbourne City Council. We talk about the Queen Victoria market and what makes it special and maybe what we should be looking for in the upcoming modifications, redevelopments, uh, the renewal, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Insert words there. But uh, a chat with uh, Michael coming up. And then we go to the Paran Market, where we speak to the redoubtable Damon Pike. And uh, Damien and I have a bit of a chat about, uh, well, quite a few things. One is the fact that this has just been such a glorious, glorious late... Well, it's almost like a late summer, isn't it? It's an Indian summer if we were in the Northern Hemisphere. And what an autumn it is, and... What a day to be experiencing it. So we speak to him. And also the fact that uh, in the north, New South Wales, they're not doing it so well. But with the reduction in temperatures with this rain that's happened, the first pine mushrooms have started. And he's got some. And he talks about uh, how to make them taste delicious. So tune in for that one. And finally, we go to taxi restaurant and look across at maybe one of the best views of Melbourne, I reckon, and speak with Edith Stallwart, Tony Twitchett. And Tony Twitchett puts together a little heirloom salad with roasted nam prick. And, uh, and we speak of the uncomfortable symbolism of mother-in-law eggs, which, uh, which happens to adorn this dish as well. So stick around. We've got uh, an hour of food chat. You wouldn't want to miss it, would you? Let's go and find Michael Kayafa. Well, here I am, ladies and gentlemen, just outside of uh, the Melbourne Council in this lovely council buildings. And, and who have I run into but Michael Kayafa? Uh, a very, very good morning to you, mate. Good morning, uh, Cameron. How are you? Oh, look, I'm pretty good. Uncertain times for you, so uh, just a, a little bit of commiseration for you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, obviously, no big cat decision during the week. Um, didn't go my way, but we're in the midst of deliberating and seeing if we're going to appeal or not. So, Michael was elected to council, but uh, how do we put this? An eleventh hour recount, unfortunately, redistributed the, the dreaded preferences, and your future is a bit uncertain. Is that a good way to sort of summarise it? Fabulous way. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Mate. Um, I know that Michael's back on the fags at the moment. He's just put out a winnie blue. So obviously this has been, um, how do we put this, an interesting time for you. Yes, and I hope my wife's not listening. You got elected on a popular ticket, which was about transparency and the renovations and modifications and the renewal of this great icon. Where are we? Well, what the hell's going on? Well, we're three years into a master plan that's um, a process and uh, I've been unelected and elected due to this um, QVM platform that I've stood on. And To state the bleeding obvious, you are invested in this, being a market stall owner for many, many years, so this means a lot to you and this is why you've decided to do this, yeah? yeah I'm sure my late mother didn't had no idea when she... Rushed from the stall to the hospital to give birth to me that I'd be in this position in 2016 or 17. Sorry. Well, the market is dear to my heart. It's my I've described it as my backyard. I've grown up there and and I love the place as do many Melbournians and visitors to Melbourne do. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're talking about the biggest open air market in the southern hemisphere. 
129 years old now on 17 hectares. I mean, we're talking about something that is iconic and much loved by the people of Melbourne, and I think in this day and age we need uh, more and more to be able to get fresh, good quality, not too expensive food is more important than ever. Uh, Definitely, and I just see the market's history and the way it's developed and brought in cultures through the years that Melbourne's grown and delivered the fabulous offer and the food that it has now is just a a wonderful way that we've we've grown as a, a country and really welcomed immigrants and I always bang on about the Europeans how we changed a food culture in Melbourne and I, I particularly think the market did it in the 70s and 80s and 90s and to to now with all this artisan offer around it's all been derived from the QVM in my opinion it's it's the mother in, in, in a way is what you're saying and it's time for net for us now to be precious to the mother of what made Melbourne such a wonderful food and wine and coffee culture well this is what made us Melbourne and marvellous along with our sister markets you know South Melbourne and Paran and Dandenong and Preston and Preston yes under threat under yes separate issue yes but but happy to help (laughs) Um, just to reflect that European cities still have this but they haven't got it in the scale that we have it and it's a testament to everyone that's ever worked in a market and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening that that have because it's such a grassroots way to living and to growing and um, I've still got friends that have worked through with me in, in their early 20s that you know, we've, we really got value and life experience from working in the market. A market, a working market is so tremendous in that, in that aspect. If we were, say, you know, like a lot of uh, people do when we do analysis, we do a thing called a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. I, I, I guess I'd be interested in just if we've got that big white piece of paper in and we've divided it into four, what do you see in that T column, the, the, the threat from um, the way that uh, the market looks like going at the moment? Can we maybe sort of discuss that? Well, the threat to all small business operators and to anyone is multinationals. Yes. Um, and, and are they sort of... Are we, uh, is that a possibility of them entering into the Queen Victoria market? Is that the problem? Well, if you look at... If you really delve into it, it, it kind of sets sets it up for that kind of way to happen. Underground storage, underground deliveries, mm. big refrigeration. It's it's a, it's a different way of looking at it. But who's to say in twenty years time when people have got their agenda and their way? Well, Woolworths aren't going to come in and say, "Oh, I'm going to sponsor the." The dairy hall is going to be the Woolworths Dairy Hall. You know, <laughs> you know, it's a pretty yeah. weird way of thinking about it. But if you look at it, that's they'll pay the money for it because mm. it is such an iconic place. Because that's one of the things that has been bandied around um, in the fact that um, outside the dairy hall and the uh, and the meat side of things is there is talk of going underground and. With that, allied with that, it seems to me that there's this notion that the market shouldn't be this, uh, quotation marks, quaint sort of thing, and it should be geared as far as Doyle is concerned to not so much 24-7, but sort of moving towards that way. Is that a correct assumption? Uh, Yeah, and it's agreeable and disagreeable at the same time. You know, obviously you want the, the area to be operating a lot more than it is. Yeah. But... How do we delicately do that without interrupting the fabric of what's been there in the past? And what I can say that is, to me, is that it is the one thing that is so great about the QVM is the fact that it is a whole bunch of family 
businesses. And if you start to increase those hours, it becomes harder for, quotation marks, families to operate. Is that a fair assumption? That's a fair assumption. And um, asking people to extend and stay longer and operate 12, you know, 14 or 16 hours a day in a family business just just deflates it and just, you know, we just become, I'll quote Sigrid Ford in here, another 7-Eleven. So, you know, and that's what the community and the traders don't want, in my belief. But if there's a, a way around it and we can, you know, move it in and move it out and it all operates well, let's do it this way and let's... Come up, come up with a retail strategy that that really complements the fabric, and then expands on that. So, not more food, more wine, more sit down, more. There's an element for that, yes. but look at it's like looking at what's in the garden first, mm. and then how do we use that vegetable, or how do we use this piece of meat? And it's it's yeah. it's the way of thinking. That's. It's simple, you know, and 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 then evolve from there. Don't come outside and in and go. Well, our data saying blah blah blah. Yes. Just we need event space. We need this. We need people from twenty one and the thirty here four days a week for four hours, partying or eating, you know, tacos with pulled pork in them. Yes. <laughs> no, not there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, yeah. Great advocate for tacos. We don't want to lose this, and we don't want uh, uh, improvement is great, but at the expense of losing the essence of what you have is the thing that is problematic here. Yeah, so we want a functional city, not a dysfunctional city, and that's what we can. We don't want that to be dysfunctional within the market, and the growth around it can create that. When does the first work start on this? I mean, we've had talk about this for a long time, but are we about to see implementation? I think they're trying... Oh, the, uh, the council? No, the renewal team. Oh, the, renewal, <laughs> the, the RT. Okay, yeah. I'm sure there's an actor. Uh, I think yeah. there's... Um, uh, just pushing on as everything's supposed to happen mm. according to a timeline. Uh, we're seeing a greenhouse come in July. Will it come? Will it won't come? Mm. It's uh, the Munro site at all, pretty much. What is the Munro site, just for those that, uh, that don't know? So it's the um, street on Ferry Street behind McDonald's. It's the ferry to Queen and half of Queen Street. So it was sold to the council last year to help de- develop the whole market redevelopment, help fund. And help fund, that was the thing. And so there was issues about the height of the uh, a tower there. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, the tower's been submitted to the planning minister for his approval and it's 196 metres um, discretionary height on the area is 100 metres and whoa how many floors is that I think it's 50 60 floors or 58 yeah. so it's going to be another one of the huge towers because it, it, it is amazing I, I had some people over uh, friends over the market and I said God, if you want to see how Melbourne has changed just look up from here because there is an awful lot of very very High towers around the place now, isn't it? I, re- I do refer to the Stork Hotel, yes. what, which was a one-level building with a, a rough guts kind of uh, old-style drinking pub that's now a 220-metre tower, and that'll be just across the road from a 196-metre tower. So, right. yes, um, yeah, it's up to the planning minister's um, department to approve or disapprove or, you know, put a discretionary height limit on it, and I think that will implicate the funding that will go into the redevelopment if the redevelopment goes through. I think it all lies on this uh, wonderful building that uh, the council have tried to propose. Wow, so this whole... So it would seem, just paraphrasing for you, or with you, is the fact that the whole market redevelopment hinges on the height of a tower at the Munro site. Is that right? Correct. Wow. So Don't just let that digest that. Okay, yeah, wow. So it leads me to the question for your listeners. Yes. Is this a redevelopment of the market or is it a building next to the market? Mm. So where is the 
actual redevelopment of the market going to come? What, what and when and how a business is going to be affected and how is the market going to look? Because that's, when I read redevelopment, that's what I normally want to see. For three years, no one's seen how and when and why is this going to affect the, what the actual market does. And there's no retail strategy to back it up. So we are still, as the citizens of this great town and state, pretty much in the still in the dark as to what is about to happen and when it's about to happen. Is that right? Even so, after all these years. Yeah. So the question simply is: Am I am I going to be able to buy a bratwurst in the Dairy Hall, or yeah. is it going to be on Victoria Street? Why should it be moved? How's it going to be moved? Is his rent going to go up? Am I going to pay $8 for a bratwurst or am I going to pay $14? Mm. This is the, the questions that we all should be asking. Right. You know, how much is my fruit and vegetable going to be after this? Is uh, the, the Wing family or the Tomato City boys still going to be there? Or the Chins, yeah. Yeah, you know, what happens to these guys? And, you know, how, how's it going to affect my shopping mm. and... You're shopping, and that's pretty much the grunt of the, the whole argument, is what's happening with us. In the meantime, I guess what we have to look out for, which will be the next thing along the road to this quotation mark process, is um, the fact we have to wait for the planning minister to release the height limitation for the Munro site, correct? Correct. And I, I do have knowledge of public forums coming up, you know, that's being led by the City of Melbourne and no, if if any listener can take a time out one evening a month you know, get down there because we all know that if a community backs something something gets done and if you don't want the market to be overdeveloped wound up, high prices that pristine David Jones food hall it's time to make make your voice heard yeah, and as, uh, to quote, what was it, Joni Mitchell, that uh, don't it always go, seem to go? You don't know what you got till it's gone. So let's hope it doesn't get to that. Michael, good luck with your next move regarding council. And uh, you stay off the fags, you'll get in trouble with the wife. <laughs> yeah, I certainly will. And uh, thank you for your time and always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, mate. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here at the Paran Market. It's... It's early. Well, relatively early. Not for, <laughs> not for a market stall owner. <laughs> and, and that little bit of a chuckle, that little bit of a old bull chuckle <laughs> is coming from Damien Pike. Uh, a good, relatively early morning to you. Yes, good morning, Cam. Thank you very much. Uh, nine o'clock. Uh, that's sort of after lunch, nearly. Nearly, <laughs> nearly afternoon. Tea time. <laughs> Been at it for ages, but the great thing is you've given me a cup of tea. Interesting tea. What is this? Uh, I don't know. Vanilla and rose or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that, man. Yeah. It, it looks good, doesn't it? You know, it's a good it's a Saturday morning tea. Smells kind of good. It's, <laughs> it's a bit lovely. Feels feels a bit special, but then it feels a bit special because um, there's some good stuff going on. Now, shall we just cut to the chase? First of all, yes. let's maybe just talk a bit about it's been a gentle... Or, uh, a gentle sort of a summer for us here, hasn't it? Certainly, mate. We've uh, we've been very, very uh, uh, blessed with what we've been able to provide, and uh, mm-hmm. the, and the quality is is number one. A, yeah. a little bit sparing, but um, absolutely the best that I've had in years. At, have a look around, see what's here. Well, uh, there's a parallel here with the wine industry, and I've been um, speaking to and and you guys on the show have been listening to this. Um, the winemaker's saying it's been awesome because it's been slow ripening, um, haven't had to freak out. We've got to spare a little thought, folks, um, this morning as we look at a beautiful sunny day and think about those poor people up in New South Wales. Yes, they're going to cop it again. It's, um, you know, they've had it for over a week and a half now and um, it's going to be on. I think we might, uh, down the track, for uh, um, our winter might be in a bit of trouble with... Uh, Potatoes? Uh, yeah, potatoes, mate. There's uh, a lot of greens come out of that central area. We have um, cabbage, um, green leaf product comes yeah. out of there too, around um, the other side of Coffs Harbour. And uh, I, I feel sorry for them. Uh, 
every year one state cops it this year. It's New South Wales. It's New South Wales, yeah. a soggy, soggy place. Oh, very much so. And, uh, you know, have a look at the prices. You just mentioned on them, potatoes, you know. Mm. They're the things that certainly will go go through the roof in another couple of months' time. Yeah, and that's, uh, and that's because of the rain we've had previously that... It takes a while yeah, for these effects sure to come, to come through. Back. That's right. You know, they've been um, really knocked around uh, mm. looking for us here now. We're just starting our, our, um, our autumn vegetables, and uh, um, we've been blessed. Uh, please let it go right through for us and <laughs> just see what happens. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed. And, and just one more thing, looking up north, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Hunter River Valley oh, and, yes. and their vintage show. I wouldn't want to be a winemaker. They'll be, they'll be going to the back of the shed for the I fungicides, th- I'd I, say. I, I think so, yes. Yeah. There'll be um, a few blends made this year, mm. I think so. <laughs> but here we are, and I've just... Um, Damien's allowed me to sort of roam through the market and just bring through some show and tell that I wanted to do. One thing I wanted to just hold up to say, isn't this a crazy season, the fact that we've got this bracketing... I had my first custard apple the other day. It was oh, delicious. Beautiful. Lovely. Yes. And yet, what have I got in my hand here, buddy? Okay, now, that's a Keats. Yes. Right, that's um, a new mango. It's Well, it's new. It's been around a couple of years now. Uh, Look. Very, very late. The size of it weighs uh, 400 gram. Looks uh, a bit like a KP, a, yeah. a Kingston yeah. Pride, but uh, not quite. It, it hasn't got the, the perfume of a um, KP. Uh, it's still a beautiful mango finishing. And uh, it's very, very popular for this time of the year. I, I, I'm, I'm excited that we're still selling good quality fruit. Because let's face it, a lot of people, a lot of us, have peaked on mangoes. Because I, I go nuts on them when they first come in the Kensington oh, Prides sure. in December. I go, oh my God, a mango. And I get all excited about yeah. mangoes. And then by mid-January, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. But this is, this is something good to look for if you want to yeah, have that. Lovely. And they're still around, man. As... You know, I just said to you before, um, these will be around for at least another month, and uh, here we are coming up to Easter time where we've still got quality mangoes. Gee, we're blessed. Yeah, we certainly are, mate. This is a great year. Yeah. Um, Now, what are the things that you specialise in? I've always known you for. I mean, I think maybe one of the first tastes of truffle I ever had was at at your stall, I think, mate, a couple (laughs) of footy seasons ago. (laughs) That's right, yes. I think that runs up about four seasons ago. Yeah, okay. Um, But the mushrooms, um, we... The ground here hasn't cooled down enough um, for uh, for the mushrooms, like Digger from uh, Dirty Deeds, he used to say, he's the guy who used to do the gardening show, and he would say, you know when everything's cooled down is when you, you sit on the ground and your bum gets cold. Yeah. And, and it hasn't happened yet. Not at all. Not, not here. No, certainly not. And yet, you have this bounty of autumn. You've got pine mushrooms. Yes, okay. Again, what we just spoke about New South Wales. Mm. Um, these are out of a, uh, a secret valley in... Uh, Somewhere in New South Wales. Did you say the Secret Valley? <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> I did. love the sound of that. <laughs> the Secret Valley, and uh, yeah. I have two very, very special pickers who uh, uh, don't mind travelling yeah. interstate. And this is the the proofs there, uh, right in front of us right now. They're uh, absolutely prestige. Was was one of them perhaps a, a restaurateur? I would think so. Yes. Yeah, okay, I think I know I these think, these two. I think so. Maybe we shouldn't say because otherwise someone might try to extract the location of this <laughs> secret valley. But but here they are. They, yes. These are, these are beautiful, buddy. Yeah, absolutely superb. Yep. They um, they came in on Thursday. I've got another delivery tomorrow morning. Wow. Really? And uh, the size of them is perfect. You know, both the trade wants it and also as a retail line. Mm. Um, that's what people want now. It's something a little bit different, and it's a, a great start for us for our mushroom season. Flavors, oh. um, pine mushroom. What, what what do you do with them? What, uh, what, do, you, what do you think shows okay, them off the very okay, best? Okay, mate. Just to, to start with, just do a little bit of use butter or oil, whichever you prefer. Yes. All right. Um, a whisk of garlic. Right. Cracked black pepper. Tossed yeah. in a pan. Um, serve them over toast to start with. You want to get a bit crazy, yeah. get into your pastas, get into your risotto, right, even down the track and into poultry light styles of game. That's I'm lovely too. It, it, chicken. Yeah, lovely. Chicken and yeah, pine good. mushrooms Yeah, that works. Well. Yeah, good. Looks good. Red meat, not so much. Nah, red, uh, look, red's a bit, 
it's a bit funny. There's b- plenty of other plenty of other lovely product on the market now that mm. go with steaks and that sort of thing. But this, yeah, certainly you can get away with seafood with those too. They're lovely. Tarragon? Yeah. With that chicken yeah. and tarragon yeah. and, and yeah. lady? can do. Tarragon sometimes can blow it out of the water. Yeah, you know, okay. Attack. Easy. Yeah, you're you know. right. Um, um, our, our, if we're using a, a, a herb in any way, I would be using perhaps um, the garlic and thyme. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. time or yeah, yeah, no, that is that, that works. Yeah, yeah. Tarragon, lovely, love it. I, I love it, but it's just um, those mushrooms. Are, you know, they deserve a little bit better than tarragon. I think. Thank you, Damien. Thank That's you for putting right. me in my place, mate. <laughs> and also, go, uh, and getting that just as a thought, as we sort of just riff on this a little bit more. Um, Time, but maybe not lemon time. No, not no, lemon time. Not lemon, no. time. lemon time can be too fancy. Yeah, we yeah. don't need that. We need a bit of earth there, back with these mushrooms. Um, straight, ordinary, old-fashioned time. It's flavors. About, you're saying flavors. Put back the earth into yeah. it, and yeah, I like that. It works. <laughs> and I'd love a risotto with that. That'd be. Yeah, that'd look good too, wouldn't it? Yeah, Placed yeah. on that there, and uh, that size there. What you've got in your hand there, you know, um, a, a round of golf ball size. That, yeah. that that that's a beautiful mushroom. You can either do it whole or uh, or slice them up. Yeah, you know? well, and look. If you slice them, of course, you know they bleed saffron. So yes. that that goes beautiful with uh, with a. Uh, a risotto or through a pasta dish too. And big, we think big noodles. For I think so. Oh, food. even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah big, big yeah. noodles for that. Yeah. Gee, that sounds good. Okay, and um, all right, so you've got the premium, you've got the first. Yep. You can charge what you want. What are you charging? Are they $50 a kilo? 50 yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, well, they are just Worth every cent for that there, for the amount of miles they've travelled and the condition they're in. You know. And I wonder what sort of music they listen to on the way back. <laughs> it would be extremely slow music, I think. <laughs> I think so. Um, all right, so we've got those. And then um, these other things, I, I haven't seen this often, but you've got two grades of shiitake here. Yes, I have. This yes. is the, the Primo. Yes. Um, so it's a little bit bigger than um, almost like a, not quite a closed cap, but it's more open and yep. it's a flat saucer it's of a, shiitake. It is, yeah, that, and that's also an Australian variety. Oh, yeah. it's, it's growing here in in Queensland that comes from a, a guy in, outside of Brisbane is trying very very hard to get it right yes. he's uh, I think he's nearly there um, the, perhaps the grading's not the best on sizes mm. you know um, I like things to be you know uniformed but um, people don't mind really I suppose uh, chopping them up I like to do them whole uh, the flavor there's oh. no nose no yeah. nose on them until you um, eat it. You can have now. You, I, can, you can even try it. Try it raw, yeah, and, and, and you'll know. And it's beautiful. It'll take ten seconds, mm. and then you'll get the power. It's a, a beautiful, is, beautiful is, is mushroom. Is that heat that is the thing that yeah, causes, your, your temperature? That brings that, isn't yeah, it? your temperature. You'll start mm. to pick that up right now. And there it comes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's slow, but this would be really quite profound. And again. What would you suggest you do with um, a shiitake uh, uh, like that? Okay, mate, a shiitake like that. I'd oh, be, I'd, there it is. Yeah, Just got from, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be doing that with a um, little bit of oil in a pan, oh. uh, no garlic required, no, no. and to dolly it up, I'd be using cracked black pepper, mm. um, and also quince or guava jelly as a, as a booster. Boom. Yeah, that's sweetness. It. Yeah, got it. So yeah. it plays on the yeah, sweetness. Done. You got it. In that flavour you're picking up now, mm-hmm. it's explosive, isn't it? And that's a raw product. Yeah, so yeah. you can have that raw, that variety of shiitake that can be eaten raw and used in a salad, and it's just, you know, wham. Oh, Damien, you know, it's sort of like a, it's like seeing a ship on the horizon. It's and then coming it's, in, isn't it? It slowly Good, comes yeah, in until it, right, it, yeah. it reveals itself. Yeah. Okay, that's great. They're um, lovely. Um, we're in the base sort of part, the, the mushrooms and stuff like that. Yes. Anything else you want to talk about? Okay, this? mate, we've just started. We've just um, stepped across to it, which has been around for a few years now, our, um, our black garlic, fermented garlic. This is Australian. A matter of fact, the people who are involved in my collection of uh, pine mushrooms are preparing the, the black garlic for us at the moment. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's Australian garlic. They oh, do that. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah that, that's half the name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're, they're doing it right. And uh, um, the, the product itself is, is stunning. People do accept it. It's more towards a winter dish, right? Oh, yeah. You know, we're, we're looking towards our... Uh, um, perhaps our lamb shanks and casseroles and ozabukas and that that's what it goes for. Under skin of chicken? Oh, perfect, perfect, yeah, yes, you know. That's um, nice. That, that works. And also it looks looks terrible in colour, 
but absolutely great in mashed potato. You know. Oh yeah, because it's a, it's this crazy yeah, umami yeah, sort of flavour. So, yep, yeah, it does. It's it, glutamate it, city. That's it. That's the word. Isn't yes, it? glutamate yeah. city. Like yeah. you know, we're thinking. Oh, maybe the closest it like Vegemite almost, but yeah. in a more profound yeah. garlic yeah. way. Yeah, that's right. Yes. If you haven't tried black garlic before. Um, grab some, as you said. You were saying with shanks. Yes, absolutely. Now, what about yeah. with veggies? Would yeah, it... can do it with a, a bigger vegetable or with the broccoli. It works great. Yeah, yeah great with broccoli. Mm. Um, a broccolini, of course. Um, something a bit more powerful. I tried it with beans, but it doesn't really flow through the beans. The beans are um, there's nothing. I finish up with just that taste. Mm. I, lo- I lose the bean. But try it with broccoli. Do it with steamed vegetables and just roll it round a plate. You can thin it down a little bit by using uh, um, a whisk of oil with it too. And I'm wondering how this would go. I mean, this takes away, if you're a vegetarian, you want a vegetarian dish with this, but maybe a little bit of oyster sauce as well. Can. Be, be careful of your salt. Yeah, yeah your salt yeah, con- can, can knock it around a bit, you know. And um, uh, these funny-looking things here we have in front here. Are, um, growing up around um, the bottom of the snow country at the moment, all right, that's a tomatillo, and uh, oh, get out of here! Yes, oh, I thought him. it was a Cape Gooseberry. No, no, they're oh, tomatillos. You, so. you fooled me, <laughs> but, I, but I could sell them as a yeah. Cape Gooseberry. Yeah, these Cape Gooseberries, we can. Well, these are different Cape Gooseberries, but they are uh, tomatillos. Try that there. Yeah, right, so um, and these are uh, famous for uh, Mexican yeah, cuisine. Yeah, wonderful, lovely to do your mm. lovely salsas, you know, mm. just with a, a good capsicum and and do that, yeah. Good, it, it works. That's intense. It? Yeah, that's great flavour, isn't it? Yeah. Is that because they're small and yeah. intense? And, yeah, it's big, isn't it? That's, Jesus, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So you know, and they're around everybody. There's, don't feel bad about it. Everybody thinks they are Kate Gooseberries, though. Yeah, because they got the <laughs> got the membrane on the outside. Well, they've they've they got the outer calyx yeah. that grows. Um, like, but and usually tomatillos I'm used to are usually a bit bigger than this. Yeah, these. there's a few around, but uh, they've been picked a little bit small. But they're worth, they're worth it, and also, yeah. and they, you know, they're ripe. Mm. They're good quality. You know? So you said salsa. Yeah. Um, okay. Give me an idea of okay. how, what would you prepare? Uh, okay, how do you do mate, our salsa is just um, capsicum. Um, sliced up very, 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 very small, small, right? You can use a good salad onion, either a red one, right, Um, a a Spanish onion with it, or you can use a proper salad onion. It's up to yourself. And um, we use fresh tomato with that. So we add the tomato and our ordinary, our good tomatoes with the tomatillo, which is the... Uh, Mexican tomato. Well, they're they're, okay. they're, they're almost they're yeah, cousins, they're, aren't they? Uh, very much so. Yes, you know, they're, they're together. Cu- so, cousins, couple, t- yeah. couple or twice removed. So um, they they work extremely well together. And that's it. And you, you give that a splash of um, either a good oil, or you can go the other way and then do something like um, a squeeze of lemon over the top of that. That's your salsa. All right. Or lime. Lime, perfect. Either, either both, it doesn't matter. This time of the year, both are available. Yeah. You know, and plentiful available at the moment for um, both those types of citrus. Mm-hmm. Um, serve it with a big explosive, uh, you know, chili bean dish. You know. Boom, and there yeah, you and go. that's it. Yeah, and, 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 a, and a habanero on the side. Just oh, yes. Yeah, just to get just, <laughs> just to make just life interesting. Yeah. And know you're alive. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. And they do sprouts. There you go. We just Up. started this week. Local man up in the valley, um, growing them. The Adams family, and uh, and they are the, the Adams family. Oh, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're they got lurch. Oh, Have you seen them? Uh, he's out the front. You'll see him. He's blowing up there now. <laughs> Great big uh, um, banner flying up there now, advertising their company. Yeah, oh, the cool. Adams family. Yeah, they are. That's oh, yeah. true. You may, you may yeah. as well go with it. Huh? You, you've got to run. All right, I get it. And they're right with. Uh, um, Right beside Dame Nellie Melba's place there oh, as you're going. Oh, on the Melba Highway. Yeah, that's it there on the left-hand side. It's acres. Nice. Acres and acres and acres of them. And nice old just, wall. Uh, yeah, beautiful along there. Yeah. Front, yeah, hedge along the front of yeah, it. Yeah, the hedge. That's, that's right. It. Yeah, beautiful. And I hear there's a pretty um, good restaurant there too. There's many, many of them there that yeah. work. Yeah. Now, these things, we uh, uh, little sprouts, uh, some people hate them. Yeah. Uh, some people love them. Uh, but we all know that they taste the very, very best once we'd had a frost. Yes, that's right. And it's so, got to be now. But see, have a look now at the size of them. They're, they're, they're super. Yeah, they're growing. Uh, you know, they're, they're drying. And I like them tiny. I mm. think that that's, you know, quite nice. But you're certainly that right. Nice. That's stunner, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that's, that's lovely. You can eat that raw if you mm. came. Mm. So, um, but um, 
people now, you know, under under thirties are trying very very hard to get to get get involved with a sprout. I yeah. I, th- I think it might take another couple of years, but you know, we're oh. work, we're working on it. Maybe you just need that little old Italian lady thing. You go, it's good. A little bit of baking, a lot of baking, yes, a lot of baking. <laughs> baking make it beautiful. Um, yes. Yeah, so anyway, Brussels sprouts and um, what else? Um, we had some finger lime still coming out of oh, yes. northern New South Wales around Austinville, mm. that area there. They're available now probably for another month, which have been... Another ex- month. Yeah, about, about another month, mate, and the export business now takes them over and we look towards, uh, um, you know, a very, very, very good season, particularly, mm. particularly for the export too, you know. That's called a Jolly Green Giant. That one there is a green one. That's uh, and, uh, thing yeah, it is. Yeah. You got a fave way of. Uh, mate, it, it's not bad in a gin and tonic or a vodka, I think. And oysters. 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 Gravlex, do that. I reckon nice. oysters yeah. and gravlex is the best because yeah. you, you get these little poppity. Yeah, uh, explosive little. Uh, they pop. Uh, yeah, All right, they we, do. We've got about uh, a minute left. Um, what's your pick of the market today? Oh, mate, I'm, I'm looking at our local. Uh, our local apples in there, mate. The stuff oh, from yeah. Packetham, they've, they've sort of gone berserk. I've, I've started with, they've been out now for a couple of weeks, our Royal Gala. We've just started with Johnny's this week, mm. my first lot. Mm. And, and they're explosive. They are, they'll blow your socks off. They're very, very good. And um, next week, um, hopefully we start with our Pink Ladies. <gasps> so I love it. So that's the, the, yeah. like the uh, the acid side of, uh, of things yeah, on, on the does. apple. Yeah, beautiful, mate. And, you know... And we're just looking forward to uh, a great year, so uh, mm. fingers crossed. You know, the great thing that I've got still, and it's so profound, is yeah. the taste of that shiitake. Lovely. We'll take another one. You'll have yeah. it all day. Uh, well, all right, Damien. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. And thanks for the tea. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure. Tony Twitchett, a very, very good morning to you, mate. Good morning. Thank you. Hey, look at you, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Now, I've just come here. It's a little bit after 9 o'clock. But being the chef you are, with, with the other stuff that you do, you've already been at it. What have you done this morning? Oh, we had a little breakfast function out the back there. We had a nice little company come in. We did uh, breakfast canapes. Breakfast canapes. Yes. So chili scrambled eggs. Uh, we did a little bacon frittata rolled in rice paper rolls and uh, a little crisp up in the pan. That sounds kind of nice. And, and we're just looking here. So if, you, if you've never met Tony Twitchett before, we've spoken together for... Oh, God, many, many moons, many football seasons. But we're looking out across what I reckon is maybe... I, this, is this the best view of Melbourne around? Oh, definitely. For a chef, it's the best office, for sure. Far out. I mean... We've got art house over here. Yep. We've got the beautiful flag up there with the... Uh, was that the uh, parliamentary house? Uh, government house. That's the, the last vestiges of the fact that the Queen controls us all. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Queen. We Hello. look across there. It's still green. We've got the Yarra River. We've got the Princess Bridge. You look across, you can see Flinders Street Station. But I guess the other thing that I love about this view is that it's sort of reachable because you're only two stories up. You're not, you, you're not detached from the environment. You're still sort of within it. Yeah, we don't get dizzy up here. No, no, no. Because that's the thing. Eureka Tower, you can go up there, but I don't know, everything seems a miles away. But we're not miles away from doing a dish. It's been a weird old bloody summer and autumn, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like, the weather didn't really heat up until the last, probably February, I suppose, it started heating up. So, you know, all the grapes was late harvest. So even well, the winemakers are happy because it's been it's been sort of a bit more gentle for them. They're not all doing everything at once, which is what happened last year. Well, everything, yeah, yeah. It, all, it all just came, and everybody was going, "Geez, I've got nothing. No fermentation yeah. tanks, and, and I've got red and white, and I'm going, what am I doing?'" All these all these winemakers are, um, are swearing, not quite softly under their breaths either. But um, the fact is that we've seen late ripening, and that's been a part of all sorts of things across the board. And you're going to do a dish for us where the star here, which is the tomatoes, have certainly been like that, haven't they? Yeah, these are great. So, you know, we've put on the heirloom tomato dish. And when we change the menu in January, like, maybe we should take, the, take them off. Because our next menu change is not going to be until April. April, and, wow. Yeah, yeah, and we're like, should we take them off? But, yeah, after talking to the suppliers, and basically they said, no, we'll have tomatoes all the way through to April. So, yeah. I mean, we've got some beautiful heirloom ones here. We've got some black Russians. We've got the... Uh, Tigerillos, we've got some beautiful big uh, yellow beef eaters. 
Yeah. I've never seen that before. That's a beautiful... I love a yellow tomato, and this is like, an, like a yellow ox heart, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So all flesh, no all seed. Flesh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nice and, nice and juicy. We've got a couple of little cherry tomatoes in there. Um, but yeah, and also, you know, the Romans are good. You bet they're, off, they're just celebrating the Tomato Festival soon, aren't they? Yes, in fact, uh, Tomato Festival could be on this very day. You don't have to do this salad with a whole bunch of different heirlooms. You could probably do this with the very best tomatoes you can possibly find. Would that be a good way to put it? Yeah, 100%. Just yep. really ripe tomatoes. Mm. All I do is just uh, cut them up really randomly, chuck them into a bowl. Mm. Uh, always start off with seasoning. So salt and pepper for... Salt and pepper we go oh, yep. straight onto the tomato. No cooking required here. I kind of like that. That's, a, yeah. that's sort of a good entree. Yeah, so it's just... And just let that soak. There we go. Toss them around. So Salt is going to draw out a bit of moisture, and yes. I'm going to put a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of uh, lime juice on it, and it's actually going to bleed it out and create a dressing for us. Lime juice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never would have expected oh. you to do that. Why lime juice, Chef? Um, I think lime juice... Uh, Tomato's got a good acidity into it, but if you yeah. put a little bit of lime juice in it, it really brings out the flavour of it. It'd yeah. be the big leap, the big treble leap, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly, and it's like, wow. I believe a little bit of lime juice doesn't go astray anywhere because it, the lime juice, the acid just opens up all your palate and it just makes you taste things better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have known chefs over the years that almost finish pretty much just about every dish with a little bit of um, either lemon juice um, or lime juice if you can get it, I suppose. Yeah, that's one thing you, you sort of learn in cooking. It's like acid is required in every dish. You need to have acid. And that there, it just brings everything together. And, and especially if you do it as the, as the last thing that, you know, it's the last thing that you do after you've adjusted seasoning and you've sautéed or whatever it is that you're doing, adding heat or whatever it is, finish with a little bit of, um, of acid. And that goes especially well for barbecued meats, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's why you got all those beautiful gastrics when you make all your barbecue sauces. So, you know, yeah. you're boiling, you know, you're boiling vinegars with sugars and you're getting this beautiful, like, uh, sweet and sour combination. Yeah. And that there is something that highlights great flavours. Like, you know, the, the everything I've been taught about Thai food and when I was over there is mm. hot, sour, salty, sweet. Balance those four things on your tongue mm. and you're there. I'm, I'm laughing because the ties are so great at that because they do that first. A lot of them will do that first thing of, uh, as you say, salt, sour, salty, um, sweet. What was the other thing hot, you said? Hot, hot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. it's early in the morning. I need to get more <laughs> coffee. But the thing about the ties is then they'll just do it again and add more and then bring yeah, it up yeah, until yeah, yeah. it is an explosion and in the mouth. 15 scud chilies in your salad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, give me that coconut milk to cool me so down. All right, what are we see, got? the tomato dressing has just created itself in mm. the bowl. So we've got, as I said, the salt and the pepper has drawn out the moisture of the tomatoes. Yeah. So the natural juices, seasoned with the lime juice and the olive oil, has created a beautiful tomato vinaigrette, yep. a la minute, in the uh, seasoning bowl. In the in the season, in this case, this is a, a beaten up old stainless steel bowl that's. Uh, it's seen some seen some time, so it doesn't have to be fancy, no, folks. No, no, it no. does. I mean, you could do this in a bucket if you needed to, really, couldn't you? You could still make something beautiful. Well, that's it. Yeah. It's a very good. It is a good. Yeah, you could take this, take it down the river. Yeah, damn right, you could. So, um, and uh, one thing I'm just interested uh, here at Taxi, what sort of olive oil do you use? Have oh, you got a fave? Yeah, I, I use uh, Olivetta. It's uh, Olivetta. made. Yeah, it's made by uh, Giancarlo out at Taggarty. Um, so Taggarty is just a little country Victorian town on the other side of Hillsville. Yeah, yeah. So if you drive through Hillsville, pop out the back past Marysville, you hit Taggarty. John mm-hmm. Carter's got his olive grove there. Yeah, I, know, I found I know it. Taggarty. Yeah, I found it because my dad found it. So my dad found John Carter at the at this uh, market, and yeah. so dad bought a barrel of it. I was at my dad's house, and I was like, I need some olive oil. He goes, Oh, get the get the olivetta. It's really good. Yeah, fell in love with it. So I've got to meet this dude, you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and it was the start of a beautiful friendship. How long ago was that? Uh, three years ago. It would be, inter- be interesting to see what sort of a crop that he'll have with that. And uh, But that won't be happening for about another month or so because the olives take a while, yeah, don't exactly, they? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So. All right, well, let's plate this up. So we've dressed these, um, as we said, the best tomatoes that you can get. Um, Tony um, here at Taxi has just sort of cut them up pretty randomly so there's all sorts of different shapes it's not all all the same sort of thing and now we've got a uh, an interesting concoction I don't recognise that what on earth is that? that 
eggplant. No. No, no, it's chef. A, it's a roasted nam prick. A roasted nam prick. Okay, so uh, don't call me. No, no, we're being Thai, so therefore we're talking about heat. Yeah. He's not insulting me. That's good, because I, I didn't want that before yeah. I had coffee. So, nam you prick. damn prick. No, no, nam prick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nam prick. What, what is nam prick? Uh, chili jam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so beautiful. So, we just really simple ingredients. It's just garlic, shallots, and then green chilies. Garlic, shallots, green chilies, heat. Yep. yep. So barbecue them all, get really good charcoal on, on the outside, on the skin. So and, what's, and what sort of chilies are we talking about? Oh, these ones here, I just use uh, the big long Long, long greens. Yeah, long green. Long, long greens. Yeah. So, so not stupid heat. We're talking about a, a 4 out of 10, 5 out of yeah. 10 heat wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so you haven't done these with scud chilies? No, but I do, because we make this in large volumes, I'm using like a box of chilies, I'm using a box of shallots and a box of garlic. Yeah. So we're not, you know, so, but then I always chuck in 200 grams of little scuds. Right at the end. Oh, just as just the, the, to yeah, the left. Yeah, because okay. you'll find that those yeah green lombok mm. can be very uh, sweet and have no real kick to them. So yeah, yeah, right. And you do you, you want it to assert itself a little bit. Yeah, okay. So all right. So here we go. Just to give you a, a little feel, we've got a really beautiful looking bowl, shallow bowl, crackle glaze, uh, nam prick being stirred up by the uh, by the very skilled hands of Tony Twitchett. And uh, I feel like I'm at the golf now, and the uh, Namprick hits the uh, hits the plate just in the middle, uh, smeared around a little bit. So that's a fair bit. That's probably about what three tablespoons at least of yep. the Namprick. Yep, yep, hundred percent. And as I said, because it's all been roasted in its skin, all the sweetness for the shallots and the garlic have come out. You basically once you've barbecued them, you've got really good charcoal on them. It's got a beautiful flavour to it. It's a real smoky. And then you just basically yeah. squeeze it all out and then puree it together. Yes. And I just season the nam prick with chopped garlic and toasted sesame seeds. And again, toasted sesame olive oil and lime juice. Oh, that's why I thought that. Yes, okay. Olive oil and lime juice, bang. See, there's, we've got an MO happening here. A, a modus operandi. A, always finish with a little bit of acid. Okay, so we've got that on the bottom. Back there we go, mix that all up. There it goes. Can you hear that steel bowl? <laughs> we know that sound. All right, in it goes with the dressing intact on there. So, yeah. Oh, look, it looks like it's sort of... It's resting in this dressing in this sauce. That looks kind of nice. And we've got some cucumber that's coming out. to Lebanese that looks like it's just been peeled. And it's been peeled and compressed. Compress with its skin, so it's come out bright green, um, and just a little bit of acid in there, so a little bit of vinegar in the actual compressing. Can, can mere mortals do that at home? Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, then. so when you compress it, you actually put it into a, a cryvac machine, so a vacuum machine, and the pressure of the vacuum bag getting all the air sucked out of it and then basically sealed, mm. the pressure of the bag is actually pickling aluminum. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's still got it's still got the actual firm crunchiness of a raw cucumber, mm. but it does have been, it's basically been force fed vinegar juices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 like uh, we'd like you to uh, we'd like you to absorb these juices if you could, chef. Uh, and I suppose that's the way that you persuade it. And again, very irregular cut. It's called a roll cut. So China, Chinese do a roll cut with vegetables. Yeah. So just so just. Keep the blade in one direction and just roll the vegetable towards you. Oh, okay. Yep, and you'll get these beautiful little diamonds and crazy wow. shapes. Oh, and what I'll do is I'll um, I'll take a picture of this and we'll uh, we'll put it up on the website so you can see what on earth we've been talking about this theatre of the mind. Tony is now holding up to me a peeled hard boiled egg, but no, see that? See what I did? What is it? It's a soft boiled egg. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go. Yep. Yeah, so these are really quite difficult, and the chefs find it quite hard to uh, boil an egg for three minutes and peel it without breaking it. It's, yeah, actually, it's, pr- it's pretty good. And what is what is the secret to... The, see, that one was a little bit hard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That one didn't work. <laughs> and, and doesn't that give you the irrits, folks, not swearing too much so I don't have to put money in the swear jar, when you are trying to peel an egg? Is, is there a way to avoid that? I find with when you're peeling an egg, boil it, cool it down in ice water... Then yes. take it out of that water and just let it sit. Yes. And it will basically, the egg shell, yeah, it will separate. It so you just, will. Yeah, so just don't rush it. Yeah. Don't do it to the last second. Like, do it a little bit earlier, have it sitting there. And then when you go back to crack it, always crack the bottom where there's a little air pocket. Yes, yeah, and start from there. Yeah, and crack the whole shell to get a, like, marble effect on it. So then yep. it's all loose. 
and then to, once you peel off a little bit, dip it into water, and the water will get down in between the shell and the egg. And that bloody membrane. Yes. It's all about that bloody little... This little <laughs> you know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's like a, 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 a minute of a millimetre to try and get off, but that can screw up the whole look of it. So we've got this... Cook three three minutes, you say? Three minutes. Yep. Boiling water, straight into ice water. Mm. Once it's refreshed and cold, take it out, crack the shell, take all the shell off. And then what we do is we deep fry it, and it's the son-in-law egg. Oh, that's the son-in-law egg. Yeah, right. And um, can Sorry. we can we shallow fry if we haven't got a deep fryer at home? Of course you can. Of course you can. Yes. Of course yes. you can. And if you don't want to get all specky and do the deep frying thing, if you can get your three-minute egg and just have that, that'll do, won't it? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. You just want the yolk is going to add to this dish. So once the mm. yolk's cracked and the, the yolk goes over it, it enriches the whole dressing. Yeah, yes. it goes all over the yes. place and, and, and works its magic. Yeah. All right, so... Yeah, the son-in-law egg got its name. It's a, it's a traditional Thai dish. And it's what the mother-in-law would cook for her son-in-law as a threat. If you do anything to my daughter, this is what I'll do to you. Do, is, oh. Does the egg supposed to represent something anatomical on a man, perhaps? 100%. I th- got it. Okay. <laughs> You better watch out. <laughs> That's normally the first dish she cooks for her, her new son-in-law. Oh, isn't that wonderful? So it's sort of generosity with an implied threat. That's, yeah. that's, I love that. That's, that's awesome. Oh, here we go, into the deep yeah. fryer. Uh, not really exciting sound effects there, Chef, but anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. that's all right. So that's just going to quickly colour up. One mm. minute, one yep. minute. That's it. Um, bang. And um, and what's the rest of the garnishes we've got here? So the rest of the garnish is just a, is a pickled watermelon rind. Yes. So basically taking all the skin and all the pink flesh off the watermelon. Yep. And then just pickling the rind. So so, so we're looking for just another little sour element. Is You want to b- build up that sourness, yeah? Yes. 100%. And texture too. Texture, yes. It's got beautiful texture. This. Yeah. So I'm just folding it on there. And then also we've got some beautiful Thai basil. Boom. Yep. That so. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That makes complete sense. And if we don't have uh, Thai basil, we can use normal basil. 100%. That's okay. Tomato and basil, beautiful marriage. Oh, hello. Yeah. One of, one of the big ones. And you've got some special um, real deep-fried shallot. In, when I say real, I mean you've done it here. And the difference in taste from the stuff that you get in the bags... is miles it, apart. Yeah, but it's still... It, but if Again, folks, don't worry. If you haven't got the ability to do that... A bag of um, some shallots on top will be just fine because it adds that crunch and it also gives a bit of depth too. There we go, deep fry section. The uh, the poor son-in-law's thing has just come out. So careful with your fingers because it comes out hot. Look at you. <laughs> Chef's hands, just to give you a thing. Tony's going, look out, it comes out hot. He's just holding it from the deep fryer as best as hands. And there it is. That dish is finished. Boom. So, yeah, please have a photo, and then you might wrap your your laughing gear around it. That sounds like a great idea. So there it is, folks. I guess that's the thing. We're in autumn, folks, but it feels like summer still. The good news is that with this... Oh, this long, uh, long ripening season we've had. We've still got lots of tomatoes and stuff around. And even though we've seen things like custard apples, some of the things from autumn, we've still got stuff that late summer that's going to be around for a while, huh? Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. So please get into them. Eat them before they uh, fall off the tree. Yeah, yeah, do that. Uh, Tony, thank you for spending some time uh, with me in the morning. Really, really appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. And we'll see you soon. Thanks, man. Thanks, Cam. Cheers. Bon appétit. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.